Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. Now, I love watching movies that have great battles in them. How many of you enjoy a movie with a great battle? And some of the great movies that I've always watched and loved are movies like The Patriot with Mel Gibson. Uh, another one is Braveheart. Another great movie is Gladiator. Two of my favorites is Hacksaw Ridge and the movie Unbroken. If you've never seen those two movies, you need to watch them. There's some great battles in those movies, but how many of you know this morning that our battles are real? Our battles are real. We can watch something on TV, but we know that our battles that we face as Christians, they are real. And we find ourselves in battles. We find ourselves fighting battles. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I, we, we find ourselves fighting for our marriages. We, we find ourselves fighting for our children like we've been doing already this morning in prayer. We find ourselves uh, fighting to make ends meet financially. Uh, we find ourselves fighting from uh, discouragement, fighting the lies of the enemy, fighting fear and, and fighting temptations and, and fighting uh, addictions, fighting for peace. We, the Bible tells us that we are in warfare spiritually. And my prayer is this morning, since God was speaking this into my life, is that we would have a warfare spirit, that we would have a warrior spirit. Spirit. If we've ever needed to have a, a, a warfare spirit, a warrior spirit, it's right now in the, in the battles that we're in. Because I'm telling you right now, the devil realizes that his time is short and he is ramping up the attacks, he's ramping up the assaults, he's ramping up the fight, and if we've ever need to have that warrior spirit, it's right here, right now. And I believe the Lord wants to remind all of us this morning that the battles that you're in are not your battles, they're the Lord's battles. They're not your battles, but the Lord's battles. In fact, I can give you some encouragement this morning that Jesus, our King, our Lord, he's fighting for you. He's fighting with you. Jesus is with you. You're not alone in your battles. He is our defender. He's our shield. He's our strong tower. He's our very present help in times of trouble. Come on, praise the Lord. So I want to talk to you just for a few minutes about Standing against giants. And I believe the Holy Spirit would want to impart something into us this morning that we would look at a, a, fresh, a fresh way God would want to pour into us and strengthen us and encourage us as we walk through the battles of life. We look at how we can stand up to giants. And we all have giants in our life. Every single one of us, we have giants that we encounter. So how do we stand up against the giants? Well, if you have your Bibles this morning, you probably kind of already know where I'm headed, but don't check out on me. Open your Bible to 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. I'm not going to read the entire chapter to you, but here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm asking you to have some homework tonight or this week that you would go back and you would read 
1 Samuel chapter 17. In fact, if you read chapter 16 and 17, I'll give you extra 10-point bonus for doing that. Some of you need it. 1 Samuel 17. You know this is a part in, in the history of Israel where God raises up a young man named David. And David goes to fight against the giant. You remember the giant's name? Goliath. And he also, Goliath is there with the Philistine army. The Philistines are enemies to God's people. Goliath is an enemy to God's people. And in verse 1, here's what it says. I want you to remember this word when I come across it. I want you to go ahead and say it with me. Camped. The Philistines, this is in verse 1, the Philistines now mustered their army for battle and camped between Soko in Judah and Azekah in Ephesdemim. Saul countered by Saul, who was the king of uh, there and in charge of God's army, King Saul, countered by gathering his Israelite troops, God's people, near the valley of Elah. So the Philistines and the Israelites faced each other on opposite hills with the valley between them. Can you get a picture of this right now? They're, they're on opposite sides. There's a valley down the middle, and God's people are on one side, and God's enemies are on the other side. Now, don't miss this right here because this is where the Lord showed me something here in verse 1. In verse 1, it says that the Philistines were camped in Judah. They were camped in Judah. If you know anything about the territory of that land, you would know that Judah is territory that belongs to God. Judah is territory that belongs to God. And the enemy had moved in territory that belonged to the Lord. They were camping in Judah. And the enemy did not belong in Judah because Judah is God's territory. So how could the enemy move in to God's territory. I mean, this is territory that God had promised to his people. This is territory that God raised up people like Joshua to go and fight for. This is God's territory, and previous generations uh, had fought, but now the enemy had moved into territory that belonged to God. And the Lord began to speak to me about that and he want to remind each and every one of you brothers and sisters here today that you belong to God. You belong to God. You are God's territory. You, you are God's temple. You are saved by grace. Or is anybody here saved today? You belong to God. You've been saved by the sacrifice of Christ on the cross where he shed his blood for you for the forgiveness of sin. You are, you are saved and you have been set free from the power and the penalty of sin. You've been set free from the, from the power of death and the grave through the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But for whatever reason, the enemy has moved in and he's causing you confusion. He's causing you conflict. He's causing you to live in fear. The enemy has moved in. He has set up camp. He has robbed you of your peace. He's robbed you of your praise. He's robbed you of your joy. He's robbed you of your passion. And he has moved in and he set up camp. And God has sent me this way this morning to tell you that you belong to him. It's time for you to rise up. It's time for you to stand up against the enemy. 
and say, no more devil, I belong to the Lord, I belong to the Lord, hallelujah. In fact, I've been bought with a high price and that is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Come on. It's time to tell the devil to get out. I'm territory that belongs to God. My family is territory that belongs to God. Get away, take your hands off, move on, get on out of here. You got to go in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we read in 1 Samuel 17, we know that God's people are in a battle. In fact, if you read it, when you do your homework, you're gonna find out that every day for 40 days, as the Philistines would gather there with their army, they would come into that valley and their champion, Goliath, who stood nine feet tall, nine feet tall. You think Shaq is big, Goliath could put him down. He stood nine feet tall, dressed in the finest armor, carrying the latest weapons of warfare, which were made out of bronze, and he would shout, shout taunts and, and shout threats at God's people. In verse 8 and 9, it says that Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. And he said, Goliath said, why are you coming? Why are you all coming out to fight? He called. I'm the Philistine champion, but you're only the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. Don't miss this. If he kills me, then we'll be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. Listen to me, church, this morning, because some things never change. The enemy wants you to be his slave. The enemy wants you to be his slave. The enemy wants you to live your life in bondage. The enemy wants you to live your life in captivity. But the Bible says that Jesus has come to set the captive free. Hallelujah. But the enemy wants you in chains. He wants you in bondage. He wants you in captivity. And in verse 10 says this right here, that Goliath shouted, and here's what he shouted. This giant stood over the land of God's people in territory that he did not belong in, and he shouted, I defy the armies of Israel today. How many of you know there's giants standing in our land defying God today? And I'm not even gonna go down that road today. And then he says, send me a man who will fight me. And it just reminds me that the enemy will come into territory that he's the, he does not belong in and he will begin to shout lies to hold you in captivity, to hold you in fear. He will begin to shout at you to try to intimidate you. And he does this here to God's people. The giant begins to shout and we see the giants shouting all over the land today. There's not many of them, but they're, they're minority, but they're shouting loud. And the enemy is shouting, I'm about to take you out. The enemy is shouting, you do not stand a chance, just give up. The enemy is shouting, it's never gonna change for you. It's never gonna change for your uh, family. The enemy is shouting to you, it's never going to work out, it's too messed up, it's too hopeless. Just give in and just give up. And in verse 11, when God's people hear these shouts, the Bible says the intimidation goes to work because the Bible says when Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. 
They were terrified and deeply shaken. You see, that's what happens when we listen to the shouts of the enemy. When you allow the shout of the enemy to get into your mind, to get down into your heart, then yes, that's what happens. They'll be trembling, they'll be shaken, there'll be fear, and you'll be in captivity. I know because I've been there. Can anybody else say they know too? When we allow the voice of the enemy, of the, of the enemy to camp in our minds, we become captive to his lies and fear takes over. We become slaves to fear because we've allowed the voice of the enemy to get into our minds and get into our hearts. Now yesterday I had a wonderful opportunity to be able to go over to the University of Mount Olive for their graduation and Tim Tebow was the speaker. And he did a phenomenal job pouring God's word into the hearts of those graduates. He's not as big as what he looks like. In fact, I started to tackle him. I'm just kidding. I said, Caden, go get him. Here's what he said. Man, it was such a powerful word. He was talking about how we allow different voices to get into our minds and get into our hearts, and he battled that for a while in his life. When the fame started coming to Tebow, he was battling those voices of popularity and fame. He was even telling us the experience that he had like before the games. As a Florida Gator, they had this thing called the Gator Walk. They did the Gator Walk through like a tunnel. He said there'd be 30, sometimes 40,000 people there lined up, and they would be people there cheering him on, cheering him on. They would be people there from the press trying to interview him. He said there would be a few people from LSU shouting cuss words at him. But he talked about how he went from one extreme to the other, one extreme, and, and you're dealing with the, 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 the fans that are cheering you on and the pressure that comes with not letting somebody down. And then at the very other end, you got the pressure of the, the people that are criticizing him from the press and people who are making fun of him because of his stance for Jesus Christ. And he just talked about the, the pressure that it was building up on the inside and, and, and God had finally put something on his heart. And he said that when he would have to do that gator walk, that he learned to put his earbuds in his ears and he would put a song on by a group called Casting Crowns. Has anybody ever heard of Casting Crowns? And he said he would play, as he walked through that, that gator walk and through those people, he would play that song, Voice of Truth, Voice of Truth, Voice of Truth. And he just reminded everybody that was there yesterday that you got to make sure that you're not listening to the enemy's voice and the critic's voice and whoever else. It's got to be the voice of God that you're listening to for your life. And friend, listen to me. We got to do like David and we, we can't allow the enemy to shout uh, louder and his voice to bring lies to us and to hold us in captivity. But here's the good news, friend. Listen, the good news is that when we're in the middle of a battle, God, God will raise up a warrior. When you're in the middle of a battle, God will raise you up to be a warrior just like he raised up David to be a warrior. David was God's warrior. If you were to read back into chapter 16, you'll see words that describe David, that he was a, a brave warrior. He was a man of war. David was a, a warrior, and God raised him up for such a time as this. So who is David? At that time, David was only a young teenage boy, and 
He was a nobody to Saul and he was a nobody to the giant. Let me ask you this question this morning. Have you ever felt like a nobody? Come on, you ever felt like a nobody? No significance to your life. Maybe you feel that way. No success to your life. No influence to your life. No purpose to your life. You see, by the world's standards, David did not belong on the battlefield. The world sees no significance, but God sees significance. I read this yesterday from somewhere I saw it. I just wrote it down as soon as I saw it. It says that God specializes in using people who others overlook. And God decided to use David. He put it on the heart of David's father to send him to the battlefield to carry supplies to his brothers to get an update on how the uh, battle was going. And in verse 23... We see David dropping off the supplies and he heard for the first time, he saw the giant and he heard the giant shouting. And verse 23 says, David was talking with them, his brothers and those in the, there around him. And Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out from the Philistine ranks. Then David heard him shout his usual taunt to the, to the army of Israel. David sees and he hears the shouts and then David watches God's people. They run away in fear. They run away in fear. In verse 26, it says this, that David, something began to rise up in David, and David, uh, who he says these words. He says, who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? You see, David started, he started fighting back with his words. Some of you here this morning, you need to start fighting back with your words. You know, the Bible says life and death is in the power of the tongue. Some of you need to start speaking that over your family and over your children and over your situations, friend. Stop being negative. Stop speaking that stuff into your life. Come on. Let your life speak. Let your tongue speak life into those situations. Stop using it to tear it down and to bring negativity. But begin to fight back with your words. But when you fight back, guess what? Be ready for some pushback. When you fight back, be ready for some pushback because don't think for one minute that the enemy is going to roll over and say, you know what, I'm done, I give up, I'm, I'll just leave you alone. There's going to be some pushback. And David, he encountered pushback. You read it for yourself this afternoon. He, he, he received pushback from his own family. His brother was like, what are you doing here anyway? What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle." When you make a stand, when you begin to fight back with your words and with your walk and with your faith, you can be ready for some pushback. And part of that pushback is, why are you here? You know what they were saying to him? You know what the enemy was saying? You don't belong here. You don't belong here. You have no place in God's army. You have no place in God's family. You're too young. You're not educated. You got too many flaws, too many failures, too many mistakes. There's no way that you could belong to this kind of family of God. There's no way you could be in the army of God. That's what the enemy will tell you. And then we see another pushback. He says, the enemy, the brother says, go back to the few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of. And you know what he's saying? He's saying, just go back. Just go back and retreat. You don't belong here on the battlefield. Go back. The enemy will tell you this. Go back to your old life. Go back to your old way of thinking. 
Go, go back to doing it on your own. Uh, go back to your old habits. Go back to those old addictions. Go back because there's no hope for you and there's no future for, here, for you here in this place. But how many of you know the Bible says that God has a plan to prosper us and give us a hope and give us a future? Hallelujah to that. Amen. And then the third pushback you see here is the brother says, you're proud and you're deceitful. David, what are you doing here? You're proud and you're deceitful. You know what the enemy will tell you? He'll tell you that you're not in God's will. The enemy will tell you that you're only putting on a show, that you're here on Sunday and you're not sincere and you're not genuine. The devil will tell you, you're just here for show. You're just here to make an appearance. You're just here to see what everybody else is doing. He'll make you think that about your life. He'll make you think that you're not real but you're fake. That's the enemy speaking to you. Please hear me this morning. That is the enemy speaking to you. He'll tell you you're only here for the blessings. You're not here to, to draw closer to the Lord. You're not here to uh, uh, give worship to Jesus. The enemy will accuse you. He will accuse you and criticize you. But here's the lesson for us right here. And I love David's response. Despite the pushback, he fought back with his words. Despite his critics, he had a confidence that the Lord was going to help him fight this battle. And you know why he had confidence? The reason why David had confidence is because he could look back to his past and he could see how God had been so faithful to him. You remember when he had the conversation and King Saul brought David in there and he's like, you, you're the one that wants to go fight this giant. You're just a young kid. You're a young boy. And what did David do? David started to recall his past with the Lord and he's like, Listen, I remember when I was tending to my father's flocks and, and looking after his sheep and his goat and when a lion or a bear would come to steal a lamb from the flock, I would go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth and if the animal turned on me, I'd catch it by the jaw and I'd club it to death. He says, I've done this to both lions and bears and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too for he has defied the armies of the living God. Hallelujah. Let that kind of confidence rise up in every believer here today. Let that kind of confidence come in our hearts. And because you know what? Just like David has a past with the Lord, you have a past with the Lord too. Come on, church. Can't you look back and you can see where God intervened in your life? Can't you look back and you can see where the hand of God was at work in your life? Uh, I have seen God do some, uh, he's brought me through some battles in the past and if he brought me through the battles of the past, he'll bring me through the battles that are ahead. Hallelujah. I can look back and I can know. I'm confident. I'm confident. If God did it then, God can do it now. I'm confident that God is my protector. He's my provider. I'm confident that he's right by my side. I am confident that he's with me and he will never leave me nor forsake me. I'm confident that God will complete the good work that he began in me until Jesus Christ comes back. Holy Spirit, I pray right now, impart confidence into every believer here that we would look to our past and be encouraged knowing that God will be with us through our battles and he will bring the victory. How was David confident? I'm almost there. Y'all just hang on. How was David confident? 
David was confident because he was chosen and anointed. He was chosen and anointed. In, verse, in, in chapter 16, you remember, the Lord sent Samuel, and uh, there was the brothers that came before, and then they finally brought David before, and David was chosen by God and anointed by God. And I want to tell you this morning, friend, you are chosen and anointed as well. You are chosen and anointed. Hello? You are chosen to be a son of the daughter, a son of the living God, a daughter of the living God. You're chosen to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. You're chosen to be a warrior in this warfare. You're chosen to fight the good fight of faith. You're chosen to run this race. You're chosen and anointed. And that should give you confidence knowing that God is with you. God has, he's chose you, anointed you. You are here for such a time as this. Hallelujah. David had confidence because he knew his strength and abilities came from the Lord. Miss Robbins suggested this morning I take a slingshot and use it with some stones up here on the stage today. I said, I'm not confident in my abilities. We may need a healing service after it's over with. Verse 37 says, David said, listen to this, he had confidence because he knew his strength and abilities came from the Lord. He says, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from the Philistine. Don't miss these words. The Lord will rescue me. The Lord will rescue me. Not I'm going to do it. The Lord will. He, listen, apart from Christ, we can do nothing. Apart from Christ, we can do nothing. The Lord Jesus is my strength. I have confidence because with God all things are possible. I can have confidence because nothing is too hard for the Lord. I can have confidence because uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My strength and my abilities, they come from the Lord. And David had confidence in that. And David also had confidence because he knew it was the Lord's battle. Your battle is the Lord's battle. Verse 40 says, David picked up five smooth stones and then he picked up his shepherd's staff. If you keep reading there, you'll see where it says that he took those five stones out of that stream there and he, and he put them in his shepherd bag and after he put those stones in his shepherd bag, the Bible says that, that he grabbed his sling and he grabbed the shepherd's staff and the sling and the shepherd's staff, they represent the power and authority of God. And David ran quickly to the enemy and he ran with the power and he ran with the authority of God. Hallelujah. Jesus has given us power and authority. Jesus has given you as a believer power and authority. And when you stand there in front of the enemy and you stand with power and you stand with authority, you need to be ready because the enemy is going to yell even louder. And Goliath, the Bible says, he began to yell again. And as he yelled, David stood there and with power and authority. And here's what David said. He says, you come to me with a sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. And today the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and cut off your head and then I will give the dead bodies to your men, to the birds and wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Don't be afraid to look at your giant in the eye and declare by the power and authority of Almighty God, I stand against you in the name of Jesus. You will not defy my God. You, you will not defy my life. You will not defy my children. You will not defy my identity. You will not defy the church. You will not hold us in captivity to fear. You will not steal my peace, my praise, my joy, my passion. This is the Lord's battle. Hallelujah. And he will conquer you. And the whole world will know that you, God, are the God of Israel. He had confidence that God would give the victory. You know why? Because God's going to get the glory. It's not about you fighting battles and then you strutting your stuff like you did something. It's about God bringing you through the battles, fighting your battles for you, and that God would get all the glory. And God wants to fight your battles, but listen to me. He does it because he wants to love you, no doubt. He loves each and every one of us in this room. He wants to help you because he loves you. But the greatest reason why he wants to give you the victory is so the whole world will know that he is the God of Israel. And David says, are y'all messing with that clock up there? Can you turn it around? I'm just kidding. David ran quickly to the giant. Some of you need to run toward the giant and quit running away from the giant. And David killed Goliath. And listen to this. The Philistine army, they ran. David killed the giant and the Philistine army ran. And here we go, don't miss this. And God's people started shouting. God's people started shouting. How many of you know when God works on your behalf, you need to shout praises to him? Come on, we see it all in the Bible. Shout praises unto the Lord. God works on your behalf. God, God makes a way for you. God gives you the victory. God brings you through. You need to shout praises to him. I'm shouting because I thought it was over, but God. I'm shouting because I thought I couldn't make it, but God. I'm shouting because I thought I was always going to be this way, but God. Come on, give Jesus some praise today and shout praises to him that he's brought you this far. If he's brought you this far, he's going to take you on, friend. Don't give up. Keep trusting him and shout praises to him. Some of y'all need to get your shout back. Your shouter's broke. Where's, where's Pastor Caleb at? If you'll come on, brother. If not, we, we may be here till the next service gets here. We're going to pray. As he's coming, let me ask you this question here. What giants are camped in your life right now? What, what giant or giants are camped in your life right now? Let me ask you this question. Where, where is your confidence in the Lord? Where is your confidence in the Lord? Where, where is your confidence that God is the one fighting your battle? This is the Lord's battle. Your battle is the Lord's battle. Here we go. Last question. What, what weapons are in your hands? What weapon or weapons are in your hands? 
Are, are you walking? Are you walking with confidence in the power and authority of God? Not your power and authority now. I'm talking about the power and authority that comes from God. Are you walking with a weapon of prayer? Are you walking with a weapon of praise? Are you walking with the weapon of God's word? Are you, are you walking with a weapon of, of, of faith? Knowing that God, God is able? The Bible says our weapons are mighty in God. Pulling down strongholds. You see the weapons are no good unless we pick them up. David had to pick up the stones. David had to pick up the sling. David had to pick up the staff. And we have to pick up our weapons as we go to battle and stand against the giants. So I want us to pray here. But before we do, I want you just to just let the Lord work here. I'm going to ask everybody, please, just to bow your heads right now, just for the next few minutes and close your eyes. You may have walked in here this morning or you're watching through the live stream and there's a giant in your life right now and, and, and truthfully speaking, if you were to take this right here and just take it right on over into the New Testament and realize that how, how big and powerful sin can be in our life and how we need to be saved by faith in Christ Jesus. Would you pray right now, please? That Goliath represents sin. And it seems great, and it is great, and, and it can destroy you. And Goliath was called champion, but I'm thankful that I serve the champion of champions. And his name is Jesus Christ the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He has come to make a way and he came to die on a cross. He came and died on, for us in our place as a substitute for us. Shed his blood that our sins could be forgiven. He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And we can put our faith in Him right now and knowing that by faith in Him, He has already done the work to destroy and defeat the enemy. And sin's been shouting at you and destroying you. But today is the day of salvation. And the Lord is saying, if you'll put your faith in me, David representing Jesus, our great warrior who fought for our salvation, you can be saved and set free from the penalty and the power and the punishment of sin. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Friend, if you're here this morning watching whatever on the live stream and you're not sure that you're saved, that your sins have been forgiven, and you're not, you have no assurance that heaven is in your future, and you know there's not a relationship between you and the Lord right now, but you're here today 
and you're saying, God, you're speaking to my heart by your Holy Spirit, and I'm here to surrender my life to you. Nobody looking around. Nobody looking around. Christians pray. If you're here and you need to be saved, maybe you need to rededicate your life back to God, whatever it may be, I want you to lift your hand right now and say, that's me, Pastor. I see your hand, sir. God bless you. Come on. Obey the Lord. Is there any others? Come on. One. We're going to wait just a few more seconds. Come on. I need to be saved. I'm not sure that I'm saved. I'm not sure that I'm going to heaven to be with Jesus one day. Raise your hand if that's you. Pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I promise. That one that raised your hand, maybe you didn't. You can just right there where you are begin to call on the name of the Lord. Jesus, I admit to you I'm a sinner for all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. And I need to be saved today, God, and I surrender my life to you. I put my faith and trust in you that through, God, your work on the cross and through the empty grave, God, that I am a new creature in Christ today. My sins are washed away, never to be remembered again. And, Lord, I surrender and submit my life to you and to the authority of your word. And, God, I pray right now, Lord, that you would just uh, rescue me and, Lord, cleanse me and encourage me, Lord, and help me to commit my life to you right here, right now. I, I make a decision, Lord, to surrender all to you from this day forward. I'm going to live for you and follow you. I'm a follower of Christ in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I give it all to you, Lord. Thank you for saving my soul. And thank you that heaven is in my future. And I receive that gift of salvation by faith. Amen. Amen. Here's what I want to ask you to do. If you're here this morning, I want everybody to stand, please. Everybody stand. <clears throat> Pastor Caleb's getting ready to lead us here in a song. I know some of you may need to be dismissed, but I'm asking you to do it very reverently. Be respectful for what God is about to do here at the altar. Don't check out on me now. Here we go. You walked in here this morning and you are standing against a giant in your life right now. And you need God to you need God to fight this battle for you. I mean, you've been discouraged, you've been felt defeated. He's robbed your praise, he's robbed your peace, he's robbed your passion. And you've been encouraged today and said, you know what, this is it. I'm picking up my weapon and I'm coming and I'm gonna stand against the giant. So I'm asking you, when you step out of your chair to come to the altar. I want you just to visualize something in your mind. I want you to visualize, you know what? I'm walking toward that giant. David ran quickly. I'm going to walk toward that giant, and when I walk, I'm picking up the stones. I'm picking up the sling. I'm picking up the staff, and I'm coming in the name of Jesus by the power and authority given to me, and I'm picking up prayer. I'm picking up praise. I'm picking up the Word of God, and we're going to see this giant come down, and there's going to be freedom. There's going to be deliverance. There's going to be a shout of praise, and I'm going to give God all the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So listen to me. Right now, if you're here and you're facing a giant, standing against the giant, step out as quickly as you can and come to the altar. Now, please, come. Come. Hallelujah. Come on. Others are coming. Others are coming. Come on. I'm standing against the giant right now. I'm standing against the giant right now. I, I got a loved one that's standing against the giant right now, and I'm believing today that that giant's going to fall. That giant's coming down. I'm no longer going to be held in captivity by this thing anymore. I'm not going to believe the lies. I'm not going to be... I'm not going to live in fear anymore. I'm going to be set free today in the name of the Lord. I'm picking up my weapons. Come on, come with weapons now. Come with weapons. I'm coming with the weapon of faith. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm asking any prayer warrior here right now, every elder, every deacon, if you can, come and come quickly and begin to pray right now over everyone around this altar, over everyone around this altar. Please find somebody. Just begin to walk and let's declare. Let's declare our weapons are at work right now. Warfare. Go ahead, brother.